Good morning, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. So Honda, who's producing the show today for another two minutes. Did you get the flu shot? You did not get the flu shot. You have the flu. Go home. <laughs> See you tomorrow. See you two days. We'll get somebody else in. Go home. <laughs> I was just I was just wondering, kind of what my, my producer has been playing hurt all morning and it's just it is it is it is time. I appreciate him coming in and appreciate him doing the best, but that's one of the deals. Go home, take care of yourself, don't make other people sick. That's it. I appreciate it very much. Trying to play hurt, but we will Scott Worse is gonna watch the board. Okay. Back again, Charlie Sykes, former producer. Very good, very good. But we were going to send Hondo home because, again, trying to play hurt. And I really do. I I do. I do appreciate that. It's like dedication for the job. But sometimes there's some things that you just want to go home and go to bed. And he he fits that category. All right, four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. We got a lot of exciting stuff coming up this hour. There is a move afoot now. I'm not typically a big government guy, um, but when it comes to Certain employer-employee things, maybe it's just, I think sometimes government does need to get involved. There is this thing for people who work particularly in retail called on-call work shifts. And maybe this is something that has happened to you in the jobs that you have done. In most jobs or in many jobs, the, the schedule comes out. The boss makes the schedule. And it, it, it says, okay, you know, Scott, you are going to have to work from 8 o'clock in the morning till 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And it comes out two weeks ahead of time. So you know what your schedule is. So if you've got kids at home, if you've got, you know, whatever, other responsibilities, maybe you have another job, that's fine. You know from 8 in the morning till 2 in the afternoon, you are supposed to be at, at your workplace. And then you go ahead and, and you adjust accordingly. Gee, I've got a kid at home, but I'm supposed to work from 8 till 2. I've got to arrange for child care or whatever. That's the way many, many workplaces work. A lot of workplaces, though, have what they call these on-call work shifts. And what that is, is it says that you're scheduled. The schedule comes out. You're scheduled to work from 8 until 2. But, but that's not a guarantee. And what the employers do is they require you to call in the evening before or the morning of your shift in a case where, let's say, you're scheduled to work from noon to 8. You're scheduled. You've had to make the adjustment. But you then have to call in, and you are told whether or not you're going to come in or not. So you could have been scheduled to work from 12 until 8. That schedule could have been up for two weeks, but you're required to call in that morning, and they will tell you, oh, we really don't need you, don't come in. And, of course, you don't get paid. So you've adjusted your life, you've made these arrangements, but now you're not going to get paid because it's been canceled. Now, the reason I bring this up is there's a big story that a number of states— um, California's attorney general, New York's attorney general, and a number of other attorneys general are going after this practice, saying this is unfair and should be illegal. And as a matter of fact, uh, six retailers have currently agreed to stop using on-call shift scheduling now that some of these attorney generals are starting to poke into this. I want to open up the phone lines. Our numbers are 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. All right. Should employers, 
be able to schedule you for work shifts, expect you to be there. And, of course, if you're scheduled for a work shift and you don't show up, you know, you're going to be disciplined or fired, but then be able to cancel at the last minute. Or is this unfair to employees? 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. Obviously, you're working at a job. You schedule around. You know, you make the arrangements around your work schedule. You plan when you're going to be there. You adjust the rest of your life. You adjust child care. Maybe you adjust your other job. Should employers be able to cancel your shift on very, very little notice? 414-799-1620, That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. And my guess is maybe at some point in time in your life or another, you know, you've worked – you know, in a particular job or in an industry where this was a common practice. And, of course, like I say, the issue is it's not that your shift has been canceled necessarily. It's that you're not going to get paid. So you've made the arrangements. You've maybe told another employer, hey, I, I can't I can't cover this because I'm working at my other job. Should they be able to do it? 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. Now, again, typically this, you know, in retail, you know, people don't get paid. All right, we're going to discuss. Uh, Scott is lining up the calls as we speak. If you're on the line, please hold on. Back to discuss in two minutes. It's 1115, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Eleven seventeen, Jeff Wagner, six twenty, WTMJ. Coming up in fifteen minutes, an interesting conversation about the death penalty. Stick around right now. There's a number of attorney generals, not including Wisconsin's, who are going after what they called on-call work shifts. This is where you're scheduled to work, but you have to call in. I don't know, a couple hours beforehand, and you're told whether to actually come in or not. And the employers can simply say, well, we don't need you. Don't come in. And even though you've made child care arrangements or whatever, you don't get paid. Should people be allowed to do that? Brenda in Waukesha. Brenda, you're first on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Good morning. Um, this doesn't happen just in retail. It also happens in the healthcare care industry. Um, I work at a hospital, and they don't. We don't have to call in the day before, but we know usually the, the day before they call us and say we don't need you tomorrow. And you sometimes they put you on call. Sometimes you're just canceled. Right now, if you're, I mean, on call is a little bit different because there are, I mean. You know, because a lot of times there, you know, you have to, I don't know how it is in your industry, but are there times where you have to take on-call, you, you get, you're you signed up for X number of on-call sessions in a particular month or something? Correct. Yeah, yeah. The I, sometimes they just cancel you and they don't put you on-call. And they don't pay you either? No. How do you feel about that? Um, if you're having a bad week, sometimes... The, to have an extra day off isn't too bad, but if you're counting on that salary, it's yeah. a little rough sometimes. Well, see, and, and that's the thing, especially since you know you're you're expected to be there. If if you call into your let if you call into your boss and say, "Hey, I, I don't, I've changed my mind. I don't feel like coming in today." Chances are they're going to probably tell you not to come in tomorrow or not to come in the next day. So Absolutely. I guess the question is, if it's if it's good for to use the cliche, is it if it's good for the goose, is it good for the gander? You know, right. Right. No, right. I, no. I, I thanks for. And I mean, again, it is. It's 
I, I, I'm not one of these big government type of guys, but at the same time, it does strike me as being incredibly unfair to be able to say to employees, we expect you to be here. We expect, and we're going to put out the schedule two weeks ahead of time. You adjust your schedule. You adjust your life. You arrange for childcare. You do all these hoops. But oh, oh, by the way, you know, we might be able to, you know, two hours beforehand tell you we don't need you. And so don't come in and we're also not going to pay you. Now, obviously, if you're on salary, or something, it's a different sort of story. But for these wage hour employees, really? Let's talk to Deb in West Dallas. Deb, good morning. You're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Um, I work in a grocery store, and we only get three days' notice for our next schedule. Our schedule comes out by 4 p.m. on Thursday to find out if we work on Sunday. Right. And what do you think and about that? I That sucks. <laughs> Right. Because if you happen to have off, you know, they happen to, you didn't request off, but they asked, gave you off on Saturday. And then you see, you know, I should say, if they give you off on Sunday and you work on Saturday, you would might have asked off to have the whole weekend off. Right. You don't know that until the Thursday before. Right. If, but once you're on the schedule, even though there's only three day notice, once you're on the schedule, you're, they're not going to cancel your shift, right? You're, I mean, you're, right. you're going to be paid. So it's not right. like you call in an hour beforehand, oh, we don't no. need you. So, <laughs> no, right. they don't do that there. Right. Now, and I, I mean, thanks. For, I mean, I appreciate why this is, why, why some employers like it, because you don't know, you, you don't know what business is going to be like. For example, I'm trying to imagine in the restaurant industry. Say, see, retail, it seems to me there's less justification for it because, okay, if, if it's a retail, if you've got a store that's open, well, all right, you should be able to manage and figure out how many people we're going to need. Now, I understand, for example, in, in the restaurant industry, you know, you've got people who are scheduled to work on a Thursday night, and then all of a sudden you get some you know, monster snowstorm or abysmal weather or whatever, and the people who are putting together the schedules think, okay, well, I thought we were going to need 20 employees. Now, because the weather is so, you know, horrendous, we're, we're not going to need 20, you know, we're only going to need you know, half of that or, or whatever that is. So, I mean, I understand there might be some industries that are weather dependent, but a lot of these cases, again, for these retail things, I, I think this idea that you can cancel people essentially on no notice needs to be worked around. One of the things that they're looking at making certain laws in some of these states is to say that if if you do this, there's still a minimum that you have to pay. For example, I think in California, the law is they're, what they're looking at is if you cancel Somebody's scheduled for an eight-hour shift, and you cancel them at the last minute, you still have to pay them four hours. So something to give the employers a disincentive from doing this. George in Shorewood. George, good morning. You're on 620 WTMJ. Yes, I I agree with you. There's got to be some kind of compromise. There's got to be some notice period or a percentage of... of, Like like 24 hours ahead of time, or, or or you get at least some minimum payment or something like that. Absolutely, because these people are rearranging their lives. It's not fair to them. They're loyal employees, and uh, there should be some. It's just like a, a physical therapy or a doctor's appointment. If you don't, if you don't give twenty-four hours notice, you get charged. Right. Yeah. Right. Now, yeah, exactly. That's, you know, that that's it at, at some point in time. And I, again, I don't know, like our, our previous caller was talking about how their, their thing is on three-day notice. Well, at least you're getting three-day notice. And, you know, that, 
that it might make child care, it might make arranging things difficult because you've only got the three-day notice. But once you're on the schedule, they're not going to cancel you. So I'm not sure that there's too much you can do about that if that's the nature of how the employer operates. But yeah, the, you know, calling up, you know, getting a schedule two weeks ago and then calling up today and being told, well, we don't need you. Don't bother coming in after you've already made these arrangements. Just doesn't strike me as being fair, for want of a better phrase. Absolutely. Yeah, that, thanks for calling. So, and that's why, again, it, it's being cracked down on. It, the, there are industries where I acknowledge I'd really have to think this through. The restaurant business, for the hospitality industry coming to mind where there, there's a lot of times stuff just, just happens and you've got people scheduled and it just doesn't work out because, like I say, there's a snowstorm or whatever. But as a general rule, as a general rule, I think if you schedule people, you shouldn't cancel those people if they're wage hour employees. It's 1124, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. It's 1127, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Okay, our, our new show from noon to 3, WTMJ Today. Tom Barrett is going to be one of the guest hosts tomorrow. <laughs> so tune in to hear Mayor Barrett. I don't, I mean, I'm not sure that we anticipated that. Uh, I, I think, actually, I think that's great. But um, after doing that time slot for going on 19 years, I'm not sure that you necessarily anticipated Tom Barrett would be, you know, being a guest host. I think that is absolutely tremendous, though. So that's tomorrow, WTMJ Today. It is, of course, our new new program in the noon to three slot. Eric Bilstadt and uh, State Representative John Jagler on an interim basis. Uh, he's one of the few holdover, holdovers from their last Super Bowl run. Does Morgan Burnett think this year's team could make it that far? Check out Packers one-on-one with Greg Matzik up now at WTMJ.com. Sponsored by Pella Windows and Doors Wisconsin, New Generation RV, and Sound Decisions of Racine. Coming up in just a couple minutes... I don't know. I understand there's some people that are queasy about the death penalty. Well, there's a case that occurred in the last couple of days. I wonder if I'm curious as to how you feel about that. So we'll have that discussion in less than 10 minutes. Tammy Baldwin. Now, of course, Tammy Baldwin is up for reelection in 2018. She is potentially one of the most vulnerable senators who is up for re-election in 2018. Just like in 2016, there were a lot of Republicans who were elected in 2010 who were up for re-election. 2018, a lot of Democratic Senate seats are going to be defended. Now, who knows what's going to happen over the next two years, but there is a very, very real chance that a number of these Democratic senators who are representing states that Donald Trump won in 2016, including, say, Wisconsin, very good chance that, uh, well, they're going to be in tough re-election battles. And, of course, in 2018, you're going to have a gubernatorial race, and my prediction is Governor Scott Walker is going to be running for a third term. So Tammy Baldwin's going to be on the ballot. So she's out there and trying to figure out ways to, I don't know, distinguish herself from the crowd or whatever. But she's out there giving statements saying, with her party out of power, Tammy Baldwin is ready for political battle. I was elected by the people of Wisconsin to take on the powerful interests in Washington, which she hasn't done much of for the last four years, and fight for Wisconsin workers, and I will continue to do that. But that fight has gotten much harder with Republican establishment control of Washington. So she says her goal for the next couple years is going to be holding Republicans, including President-elect Donald Trump and his cabinet nominees, 
accountable. So one of the things I think is going to be interesting is I think she's setting herself up kind of as, you know, one of these doctor knows. I'm going to fight Trump. I'm going to fight all this. How that plays out, given the fact that the Wisconsin voters made a choice and said, hey, we we want Donald Trump, how that plays out is going to be fascinating to see, especially in a low turnout, a lower turnout race like 2018 is going to be. But Tammy Baldwin, she's announcing that if She's going to be going down electorally. She's going to go down swinging, essentially. And um, that's, to me, a very, very interesting choice, not to cooperate, but rather to fight. We'll see how that plays out. It's 1134, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. So very glad to have you with us this morning. So very glad to be with you after a big uh, Packers win. I tell you, things are just better. It is difficult for me to explain why, but people's attitudes, we are so invested in the success of our sports teams. And I think that is one thing that most of us share, whether or not we're conservative or liberal, Republican, Democrat, independent, we're, we're all Packers fans. The Bucks. And the Bucks are having a pretty darn good season as well. Bucks head to the Lone Star State to battle the San Antonio Spurs tomorrow evening. Ted Davis will have the call from AT&T Center, beginning with our Buckshots pregame coverage at 710 here on WTMJ. Okay, earlier this morning we talked about this horrible situation in Fort Lauderdale where you had the guy gets off the airplane who had apparently, in his checked luggage, legally had uh, put a handgun and ammunition into the checked luggage, which you are allowed to do as long as the ammunition is separate from the, the gun, which has to be in a case. He goes, gets off the plane, picks up the baggage, goes into the bathroom, apparently takes the handgun out of his luggage, puts ammunition in, and goes and, and ends up shooting, killing five people, six other wounded, and a lot of other people hurt You know, in, in the melee. Uh, we had a conversation about is there really anything you can do to stop something like this? And unfortunately, I, I think the reality is is no. What you need to do is I think you need to do you need to raise questions like what why why wasn't this person getting more attention? Because apparently the, the FBI had been watching him. There were clearly issues with mental health, and he was on a lot of people's radar screens. But nevertheless, nobody acted. I don't know as a practical matter in a free society whether there's anything you're going to do to be able to prevent somebody from doing this. But then there is the question of penalties. What do we do afterwards? Um, Federal prosecutors have filed charges against the Fort Lauderdale killer. And I guess you could say suspected killer, but well, he was a killer. Um, Esteban Santiago. He was charged with performing an act of violence at an airport. And because he is charged under federal law, the maximum federal penalty for this offense, for the murders, for the homicides, he could be exposed to the death penalty. So here you have somebody that shot and killed five people. He's wounded others. Clearly his intent was to kill. This was an act of terror in the extreme. He seems to me like he's potentially mentally disturbed. Federal authorities could choose to ask for the death penalty. They don't have to. What should they do? 414-799-1620-800-877-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Toll-Free Talk Line. Is this the type of case that you feel is appropriate for the death penalty? Or is this one where obviously the guy was disturbed? 
Yes, he took five people's lives. Yes, he wounded six others. Yes, he caused all these different things. But this is not a case for the death penalty. What do you think? Because prosecutors will have the discretion. 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. If convicted, should we seek the death penalty in this case, or is it cruel, barbaric, inappropriate, simply not right? 414-799-1620 is the number. Scott is lining up the calls. We're back to discuss in less than two and a half minutes. If you're on the line, please hold on. 1138, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ, the death penalty for the Fort Lauderdale shooter. What do you think? Stick around. It is 1142, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. I think this Fort Lauderdale shooting situation is going to be one of the real interesting tests of of the death penalty for people who are on both sides of it. Now, the story, of course, is that the suspected gunman, um, Esteban Santiago, an Iraqi war veteran who apparently was very, very well known to police in his Alaska hometown. He was twice arrested within the last year, but never prosecuted. So... He's legally able to have firearms. Two months before the shooting, he was admitted to a mental health facility after showing up at an FBI field office and telling agents his mind was being controlled, complaining that the government was forcing him to watch Islamic State videos. But still, despite all this, nobody did anything. Police apparently held his firearm for a month and then gave it back to him. So that's the background of this. What happens, of course, last week is that he gets on flights, flies from Alaska to Fort Lauderdale. He checks his his weapon. He does what he's supposed to do as far as, like, transporting firearms. He takes his gun, which he legally is allowed to own because nobody has acted on these psychotic sort of episodes, checks it in his baggage along with ammunition, which is legal, flies to Fort Lauderdale, gets off the plane, goes to the baggage area, retrieves the firearm, retrieves the ammunition, goes into uh, the bathroom, loads the gun, comes out, and in the space of 80 seconds, shoots and kills five people and injures another six. He's now been charged with a federal crime, which exposes him potentially to the death penalty. Is this a death penalty case? 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. As a starting point, the government is going to have to decide whether or not they are going to seek the death penalty in a case like this. 414-799-1620 is the number. Under normal circumstances, I would say that I think this is this is kind of the no-brainer. That would be under normal circumstances. Here you have a situation where you have a premeditated mass murder. I mean, what could be more terrible than a situation like this? So under normal circumstances, my knee-jerk reaction would be to say, yeah, of course this is a death penalty case. Why are we even having this conversation? Now, the only hesitation that I have is because of all the circumstances surrounding this. Now, obviously, anybody who does something like this is a sociopath. Uh, Obviously, you know, you do not commit a crime like this unless there's something wrong with you somewhere. In this particular case, though, what gives me a little bit of pause is the fact that the mental health issues that he had were very, very well known to authorities. And I I think you can obviously, I mean, I think the argument is going to be, hey, this guy is just, he's nuts. 
And you know, just because you're nuts doesn't necessarily mean that you're not accountable, that you're unable to conform your conduct to the requirement of the law, or that you're insane in a technical legal sense. But it, it might have a play as to the death penalty. 414-799-1620. Do you, do you apply the death penalty here? Let's start with Danny in West Dallas. You're first on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Hey, good morning. What do you think? Um, well, I don't see any reason why you shouldn't give the death penalty, but the big point there is they should expedite it like they did with, say, Timothy McVeigh. Yeah. You know, he was found guilty. Okay, fine. They killed him right away. Right. Don't let him sit there for 60 years well, and, die, you know, and die in death row. Yeah, the, you know, the argument, a lot of people debate whether or not the death penalty is a deterrent or not, and, and I, I don't know the answer to that other than I'm I'm with you. If if there's any chance the death penalty would be a deterrent, there has to be speed and certainty. After the appeals are exhausted, you, you have to then implement it because if it's this idea that it's going to take 15 or 20 or 25 years, then I agree. There's absolutely no deterrent effect at all. So you're saying once the guy runs, assuming he's convicted, once he runs through the appeal process, boom, then, then you implement it. You don't let this hang on for 15 years. Exactly. Yeah, thanks for the call. 414-799-1620. That is, again, that's, I, some people say the death penalty has, has absolutely no deterrent at all. And, and many of the people who in, engage in these type of crimes, I acknowledge, are, are psychopaths and don't think that far ahead. Now, to me, the death penalty, and whether it's right or wrong, doesn't depend on the whole concept of whether it is a deterrent, but I do concede that to the extent there is any sort of deterrent effect, it's gone if you allow, again, stuff to to linger. And when I say that, I'm, I'm not arguing that people shouldn't have the right to appeal cases or you shouldn't have the right to make sure that you're not sending, quote, unquote, innocent people to death row. But in situations where there's no issue as to what happened, and, and this this is one of those cases. This isn't a this is not a whodunit. This is not a situation where somebody is going to be theoretically framed if if he is found guilty. This isn't going to be a case where somebody is going to be quote unquote framed. An innocent person is going to be framed. I mean, we know what happened. We know who did it. The argument in this case, I think, is going to be more and more. You know, what was his mental capacity? Could he appreciate the wrongfulness of his actions before he did those type of things? That's going to be the argument about whether that's a mitigating factor on the death penalty. But if in fact he's he's convicted if he's found guilty the the appeal process i think is going to should be relatively brief in particular here is my prediction i think prosecutors will seek the death penalty i think it's going to be tough to get it if his mental capacity and if these stories are coming out really are true now does he deserve it yeah the fact is he probably does deserve it the other of course related issue to this is how could authorities have, have let this happen? And I understand that it's, you know, we, we don't have crystal balls and we can't, you know, predict the, the future. But at the same time, when you, you have somebody that shows up at an FBI office, tells agents that his mind is being controlled and that he is being forced to watch Islamic State videos and that he is in possession of firearms. Now, I do not claim to be a mental health professional, and I do not play one on the radio. But that being said, when somebody shows up at the FBI office and says those type of things, I would think that all sorts of red flags should be going up. When you add that with the fact that the guy had been arrested 
um, for domestic violation uh, and who had been suspected for domestic violence and arrested twice within the last year, though never prosecuted. I would be, if I were in law enforcement, thinking long and hard about should we give this guy his firearm back because, again, if he says his mind is being controlled, is it – you can never anticipate that he's going to get on a plane and fly to Fort Lauderdale and start shooting up the airport. But at least it's a tip-off that you have somebody who is potentially dangerously medically ill and maybe we should be implementing some checks and balances. It's 1152, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Guys from WTMJ today in just a couple minutes. We've only got a couple minutes before the end of the show, but I want to do something fun at the end. I was I, I was having an ongoing debate with somebody yesterday as I was watching the Packers game. Um, I, I I have taken to when it, it works in the schedule. There, there's there's a couple area taverns that, that I go to watch the game at. My very best friend, he, he scored tickets, and he was up there watching the game in person and said that even though it was really, really cold, it was well worth it after – especially after the Packers started playing well in the middle of the second quarter. I, another friend of mine who I said, hey, you, you want to come you know, join us? We're going to be at the, this place, said, no, you know, I really, I want to watch, I want to watch them by myself. I, I, I don't, I said, well, you know, it's fun to be around other people when they score and cheering and high-fiving. Said, nope, 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 I, I just, I just, I get too nervous. That was the phrase. I get too nervous. I just want to be watching. I just want to be concentrating. I, I just want to focus. I don't want to be around other people. All right, we only got a couple minutes. 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. All right, when you are watching a Packers playoff game, is it better? Do you enjoy being around other people, that kind of communal experience the highs, the lows, the collective, oh, my God, where was he throwing that pass? Or would you rather just kind of be by yourself, just watching it, taking it all in? 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. Alone, watching the game, taking it in, or in that kind of group experience, enjoying everything there is, the highs, the lows, bouncing off other people. 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. I confess, I used to be the solitary guy. I just, you know, I, I want to watch it by myself. I want to concentrate. Um, I think it's a lot more fun to be out in public. I, I, I just I, I just do. It's kind of the collective stuff, that shared Thing, the shared experience um, I, I've started to enjoy, but it, it's taken me a while to get to that. 414-799-1620, That's the Accident Mortgage toll-free talk line. Alone or in groups, what's the way to do it? I've really had a lot of fun, again, starting to you know go out to some of the taverns and watch the stuff collectively, including... The, the people watching and things like that. 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Econet Mortgage toll-free talk line. What, uh, what what do we do, collectively or individually? Let's start with, um, okay, let's start with, let's go to Carl on the east side. Carl, you're on 620 WTMJ. Hello. Hey, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm Welcome good. Good morning, Joe. Uh, I'm just uh, curious. I, had a sis- I have a sister. I have many sisters. And one, has, has, she's never drank in her life. Okay. She's never been to a bar in her life. But she said she always wanted to go to a bar to watch a Packer game. Right. Because she's never been in a bar situation. I, 
I go back and forth. Sometimes I sit at home, sometimes I go to the bar. But uh, she said she's always wanted to go to a bar to watch the Packer game with a big crowd of people. And so did she? Uh, not as yet. As far as I know, not yet. Uh, okay, well, th- see, well, th- see, that's the thing. I mean, I just, I, I mean, I, I get it. I understand that there's that dynamic. But I just there's something about, I think there's something about the collective experience that just, that just it's it's fun. Um, Chris in Milwaukee. Chris, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Hey, Jeff, big fan. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. Thank you for taking the call. Absolutely. Okay, alone or, or collectively? Always collectively, but I need a TV that I can get to to be alone if people are talking or interrupting, <laughs> and uh, I have to be able to get the focus. Right, right, to, to, sort of, to sort of concentrate. Of course, you know, when, when, for example, like yesterday, I mean, everybody is focused in on, on the game. I mean, it's now some people, right, I, I didn't hear too many people like talking about anything other than who is he throwing that ball to or what a great pass or how, how cool is that? Yeah, that's true. But sometimes the women will start talking about something else or a kid will come up and start talking to you. And you just have to be able to focus throughout. Okay, we got to see, see, Chris, you're you're not going to drag me down that route with sometimes the women are going to come up and talk to you because a lot of the women I know are just as big, if not bigger, football fans than some of the guys are. No, I've, I've done it both ways. And I'm Maybe this is. I'm going the other way in my old age. I'm starting to enjoy collectively. Eric Bilstadt, collectively, do you watch the games by yourself or do you like to do it in crowds? You know what? I find that if I watch the games with my kids, which 10, 7, and 5, if they're just in the room, it helps check me a little bit. You know, you don't get as worked up. The blood pressure doesn't go. You're crazy. not as likely to take the Lord's name in vain and things <laughs> right, like that. Yeah. When, yes. It actually, yes, it actually gives me a little bit better perspective. So I. I, I tend to do that just for that reason, so I'm not sweating and grabbing things and throwing stuff. I understand. What do you have? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. What do you have coming up on the big show today? We will talk about the Packers. They are WTMJ trending, and uh, Scott Wars, our producer, put together a great montage from what happened yesterday. You're going to want to hear this. It includes the Hail Mary call. It includes everything else about what was so great about yesterday. A tale of two halves, really. So we're going to dig into that. Oh, yeah. Like I say, the place I was in, um, the, the crowd was... The crowd was sort of ugly for the first quarter mm-hmm. and a half. I it's mean, lot, 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 it, was, it, it was sort of rough, and then all of a sudden it kind of it kind of turns around. They score twice in a couple minutes, and everything's good in the world. That was it. Once they scored that that hail mary, the game was over. You could say, so, just had another half to play. So, well, but they but they ended up delivering. So that's on WTMJ. It is coming up. Stick around for that. I am out of time. I'm back eight thirty tomorrow when we do this all again, including well a couple interesting conversations. What do you do if you get rid of Obamacare? There are some people who say that they have the answers. I'm not sure, but we'll talk about that. Go Packers, WTMJ Today, coming up in just a couple minutes. It's 1159, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Stick around.